Welcome to the Memeing of Life with Shane O'Brien and Tommy Valentine, a podcast about memes, internet culture, and navigating the online hellscape. Hello and welcome to The Memeing of Life, a podcast about internet culture. I'm Shane and I'll be your host and guide through the hellscape of the World Wide Web. And I'm Tommy, your co-host, and whilst my knowledge of the online world is lacking in some areas, I'm hoping to broaden my horizons and delve deeper into the pits of the internet, which, frankly, have terrified me for years. And this is the place for just that and more. So, this has been a very busy last few weeks for the internet, Tom, I think you'd agree, or maybe you wouldn't, based on whether you've seen it. Well, it definitely, ha- I mean, that's the reason we've decided now's the time to start this podcast. <laughs> we've been talking about doing it for a while. There's literally so much to talk about. Yeah. Let's just record us talking about it. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I think so. We should probably start with one of the bigger news segments that has just been hovering around for ages now, which is... Andrew Tate. It's tough because I want to say it's one of the funniest stories, but it's that there's a real dark undertone to it. Obviously, it's not even an undertone. There's a real dark overtone to it. But the, I think what's funny is the way it's all come about, like the situation of his. Well, we're about to talk about what exactly happened rather than beat around the bush. But yeah, the thing that's kind of funny about it is just how he, the irony to it. It's the underlying irony to the whole situation. But yeah, firstly, like who is Andrew Tate? Because he kind of was no one, and then he's <clears throat> now everyone knows his name. Everyone's talking about him. Yeah. So. He's, a, he's one of those things where I'd say he's like a symptom of today's culture. So Andrew Tate, for those who don't know, he's basically a con man slash alpha bro type. He started and promoted Hustlers University in 2022, which is basically some terrible bullshit quick money scheme where you can pay. It's $50 a month membership. And basically you just end up shilling the actual Hustlers University itself. So you're not really making money as much as you are just spreading influence it's scary how clever it almost is on his part oh, in that people are paying him to advertise for him like Genius. it's a really unique scam Genius. it blows my mind that people are falling for it but i guess it's kind of the symptom of like all cults where that they prey on vulnerable people so it's vulnerable people that are being taken advantage of that is literally he plays on the insecurities of young men and you know he's had a lot of supporters who have kind of been really die hard and stand by everything he says and the thing is you can see it in some of his statements like you know because he talks about men respecting themselves and bringing back you know masculinity like it fucking went somewhere but it didn't <laughs> like it didn't like it did. he's talking about bringing it back but the thing is he's just he's a cigar toting fast car driving chauvinist like that and it is what it is like he's a terrible person as we're about to discuss but it did take a dark turn like you said because i thought when i heard he got arrested i was like okay that's gonna be some kind of fraud just that it's just going to be some kind of fraud, some kind of tax evasion. And yeah, it wasn't just a fraud and tax evasion. It was something much more sinister. Yeah, he obviously is accounts of rape, sex trafficking and fraud. You know, just, yeah, the fraud was always there. That's part of it. We always knew that was coming. Yeah, so obviously Tate's been, he's been really going through the ringer recently. But what led to that arrest is probably like the biggest story here, I think. He basically randomly reached out to Greta Thunberg. Yeah, yeah. I can never pronounce her name. He basically reached out to Greta Thunberg completely unprompted and just started talking shit about all the carbon emissions that his cars give out. Because as you know, he's got a massive car collection. Yeah, and you know, famously, Greta Thunberg is like a young, she's like a teenage activist yeah. for the environment. She was she's the Time Person of the Year, she was, you know, yeah. you know, all stuff like that. She's you know been doing a lot of work in that space. But she, I mean, 
for Andrew Tate to even go after her is one thing because she's famously <laughs> savage on Twitter. Isn't yeah, she, she really is. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she's dunked the Trump a few times. And you know, the thing is, though, is that she's well respected, but at the same time, I think he was so confident. The people he usually applies to and the people he preys on, they hate her so much because she's all for the environment for mm. the most part. They just kind of thought this is going to be like an easy win. You know, I'm just going to drop in, pick on this 19 year old real quick. I'm going to like bro it up and I'm going to leave. Yeah, um, and brag about all my cars at the same time. Yeah, but as you said, Greta's a, she's a savage and, you know, we hear uh, the memeing of life fucking salute her for her response because the whole, she provided contact email of smalldickenergy at getalife.com, <laughs> which to, to a normal person with like, you know, relatively thick skin, like, you know, normally you'd be like, oh, that's pretty sweet. His response was fantastic. And I know Which you... one? Because <laughs> he had three responses and they're all hilarious well, in their own well, way. What's your favourite? Tell... Well, favourite is just the first one, which is just, how dare you? <laughs> which just shows how immediately he took it completely to heart. He starts with just like an unprompted, like, not attack, but like joke at someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She responded with a funnier joke that made, that basically called it how it was. And uh, it's just, how dare you? It's just, like, the funniest thing he could have possibly said back, I think. And that was his immediate gut reaction. Then yeah. I think the next thing after that was the video. And he mentioned how, thanks for confirming that you've got like a small penis. <laughs> it's just like, okay, dude, get this teenager's genitals out of your mind. It's, yeah, it's getting creepy. I know the creepy good. is your brand, but... Yeah, it really is his brand. I mean, it's what I think I said to you before about like one of the uh, tweets was his fans saying, Andrew and Greta need to just like, bang already and it's like she's 19 oh so like God. yeah she's 19 and just considering the situation playing out is that really the kind of thing that like you'd want to say in a public view on twitter probably yeah not. i mean that's the kind of fandom he's built up isn't it well, those, those people that's exactly it that is the fandom he's built up and you, you know you see so many like teenage boys like who are really into this whole like bringing back masculinity and taking control kind of thing but the truth is like you're following a guy who's just obviously got like mummy issues. Like, let's face it, he obviously had a bad relationship with mum and he, he exercises control over women through like brute force and he just thinks that's the way of the world and just an all round piece of shit, really. And obviously, the reason why we're talking about this is because it led on to the much bigger story, which is he got arrested. Yeah, yeah. This is where the internet's version of what happened. And the real version of what happened is slightly different. So As always. We, we, we'll, we'll touch on that for sure. But I guess this is the meaning of life. And we're, we're specifically talking about how, like, you know, this will be recorded in the history books. 100%. And, and, it's, and it's slightly different to what the, the truth really is. But, you know, it's important to make you aware of that. But the, <laughs> the internet version is just way funnier. <laughs> oh, yeah. 100%. So, Shane, what, what happened next? Um. So... Andrew, so, so he attached a video to this tweet. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing, <clears throat> so yeah. Andrew Tate being Andrew Tate just couldn't let it go. And he released the tweet, uh, essentially what I'd describe as having a bit of like a mental breakdown on camera. Yeah. It was also like a lot later. It should, a lot it should later. Be noted. So he, he tweeted that first tweet about his cars. Um, Greta tweeted back almost immediately with yep. her like, absolute zing. It's what made it so good. And then his immediate zing back was, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> which is it's Greta's line which is what I like so much he was so disgusted he used her line with a, I think a question mark and an exclamation mark it like was the yeah. double whammy and, yeah. then, and then hours literally hours later he comes back with his response which frankly is too long <laughs> yeah 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 and um yeah the, the internet being the internet we love a good story and um it's since 
the so the Romanian police have come out since and said that it's actually irrelevant. But I think I, but I think I just love the angle of like the pizza box story. Yeah, which is obviously he's actually been wanted for these crimes for a while. A lot of his fans and a lot of his haters had no idea all this was going on in the background. We just thought you know he's a piece of shit. He's a guy who hates women and te- like teaches young men horrible fucking practices. And then all of a sudden, he's been arrested. And the story was for a while was that they actually found him via the pizza box he had sent in front of him in the video because that gave away his address. They've since said that he actually gave away his address via some earlier tweets and it's not the pizza box. But I just love how anything to do with pizza on the internet turns so fucking horrible. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Yeah. Like the internet really loves a pizza-based horrific story. Yeah, I think basically he was wanted for arrest but was in a different country. And I think it w- the Romanian government were unable to do anything because they suspected he was in that country, but they couldn't confirm it in any way. I believe that was the thing. It's something like that. I'm butchering it slightly. But the story goes that because the pizza box he had in the video is a popular Romanian pizza chain, thus confirming his location and allowing the authorities to jump in. Apparently, obviously, so like Shane said, that's slightly untrue, but that's how this whole thing spiraled. And I think Greta then came back with, that's why you should recycle pizza boxes. <laughs> Honestly, dude. Honest, she is just such a sad... Reserve her. We don't deserve her. Nah, dude. She's so quick. And like everything she's about is just, yeah, I'm all about it, man. So, I mean, props to Greta Thunberg for taking the fight to Andrew Tate and exposing him as an arsehole. Yeah, you know, we already kind of knew that, but it's nice to see. And, you know, props to pizza. Like, even if it's not true, I fucking love the angle. Did she win another Nobel Prize? Is that allowed? (laughs) For putting a misogynist away beyond bars. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, then just for savagery on Twitter. Oh, absolutely. She should be arrested. That's a war crime. Yeah, like, we shouldn't be celebrating. That's across borders. (laughs) It's international. (laughs) Yeah, but, yeah, so, I mean, all I could say about that story is, thank God, and let's see where it goes. Let's see if everything sticks. You know, there's been loads of allegations since, as a said to you beforehand like a recent one was a woman coming forward who actually provided vice news some voice notes that he sent to her i'm not really going to talk about them here because at the meaning of life we try to uh, keep things light-ish as light as we can but if you want to go find those voice notes they're available on twitter you can go look at the vice news twitter page but it's pretty It'll be in the show notes of the episode yeah so it's pretty damning stuff it's uh, it's not looking good for tate at the moment but that means it's looking good for the rest of us normal well-adjusted people yeah so that's one of the stories that we had on this week. So aside from Tate finally getting some kind of comeuppance for his just absolute bullshittery in general, we move on to the next big thing at the moment, which is the Loganzilla situation. So you heard much on this? Yeah, so this all came to light with, I think we've both kind of independently been following a YouTube channel for some time now called Coffeezilla. And the name doesn't really tell you what it's about, but it's a really excellent channel that this guy is basically an independent journalist who specializes in kind of online scams and crypto fraud, things of the, you know, in, in that business economics online kind of world. And what really separates him from a lot of other places is just the high quality production value he's started to bring, especially in the last sort of 12 months. That was phenomenal. It's really good. And uh, he basically released a three-part documentary, for lack of a better term, or sort of news story about Logan Paul and his crypto scam, CryptoZoo. Another one, yeah, yeah. So this one that Logan got called out for was a CryptoZoo. So for those that aren't, to on the ball with things, NFTs and crypto, and I totally understand because it's, uh, it's fucking crazy. But yeah, as Tommy said, he released a three-part series on the scam, and the scam was a thing called CryptoZoo. So basically, this was a NFT trading game. So 
the idea would be is that you you purchase these eggs, which are NFTs, which are you know images on the blockchain that have a monetary value. I'm not going to go into it. Basically, it's a digital picture that's worth a bit of money. So you had these NFTs, and the idea was that you had this thing called hatching day, where the eggs would hatch, you'd get an animal, and then you could breed these animals together to make a new animal. And then the rarity of that breed would define its price. And then you burn it from the blockchain, you get the monetary value from the animal, and you go from the top. Sounds like a pretty cool concept. Yeah, I think the NFT thing is not my bag, but yeah. I, I guess of all the NFT things I've heard, in principle, it does sound kind of interesting. Like this kind of whole like, oh, it's unique. There's a there's more interesting stuff to that. I think where the big red flag comes is that this thing's marketed as a way to make money. That's there's it. The, there's the fact that it's a money-making scheme. That's the first red flag of 100%. like, okay, what's going on here? Well, I mean, when you announced it on the Impulsive podcast, which sadly I had to listen to a few of them for research reasons. <laughs> and when he announced it, that's the thing he kept driving home this is a game that can earn you money this is a game that can earn you money and to people that aren't too well versed in that stuff and also not to dismiss the fact that you know his fan base obviously trusts him that's part of it like that's what makes this whole thing so insidious is that he wasn't going after the money of random faceless nameless people he was explicitly going after the money of people that trusted him enough to invest in this project and it was just, it was an absolute shit show. So basically he got exposed for it because the game actually never came to fruition. Right. There was people a year on saying my eggs didn't hatch. Yeah. A year on. And, you know, CoffeeZilla does a really fantastic job of covering all this. Like he, people lost tens of thousands. Some and people he speaks hundreds. to them and you yeah. get to hear from those victims. You know, they're victims of a crime and you do get to hear from them. Before we get too far into it, I do want to backpedal slightly and just address who Logan Paul is because oh, uh, you've probably seen him around to be honest he's got to that sort of size now where he's kind of getting in the zeitgeist a little bit he is yeah but he so he's like a YouTuber I guess I don't know his full origin story I don't know if you know a bit more but I, my kind of impression is that he's like a rich white kid who's able to just make as many videos as he wanted growing up you've kind of nailed it he originally come from Vine he originally right, came from Vine. Okay. He, he basically moved into a complex of other like Vine power users and then made connections through there. Gotcha. Then when it went onto YouTube, and yeah, I mean, you know, without shitting on the concept too much, he is one of those channels that kind of very much aims their stuff towards a younger audience. Well, last time I heard of him was the whole Japan scandal. Oh, God, yeah, gee, yeah, it's easy, it's easy to forget that, which is actually what his PR team probably wants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a... That, that was kind of what I'd say would mark the turning point for Logan Paul. And I wouldn't say he did a 180 and became a good person all of a sudden, but I think he was under the impression he could get away with anything. And I'll be honest with you, at the time, he probably could. But then he really pushed his limits because in that video, it was, you know, it that was... Is the definition of white privilege. I think that is literally, if you open a dictionary, that's what you'd, <laughs> that's it, what it you'd kind, see. It kind of is. I mean, the guy was walking around Japan throwing pokeballs at locals. That's disgusting. Like, and, and as you know, I don't even know that. As you know, Japanese culture is very like respectful, very yeah. reserved. And you've got this guy walking around and he was wearing like, you know, he was wearing a mix of like like culture specific clothing, but also like a stupid hat. And he's throwing pokeballs at locals. And then in later on in the video, he's literally like making light of standing next to a dead body. Yeah. And I think it got to a point where a lot of his younger audience, even they was, yo, man, what's going on? Like, tone it back a bit. And for parents whose kids watch that, that's pretty big. You know, he's making fun of, like, death. He's making light of it. Right. And I think it was a turning point in a way because I don't think it was a moral turning point. I think it was a monetary one. I think yeah. it, it impacted him. And I think he saw that if he was just to double down and carry on, he was going to completely burn the whole show down to the ground. Right. And so... 
He did have a kind of a bit of a reform. Yeah, he started doing like the YouTube boxing with KSI, another sort of an English YouTuber. He went where the money was. Yeah. And he went where the money was. And I mean, if you listen to his podcast, as I said, I've listened to a few of them. It's not terrible because he doesn't seem like the same Logan Paul that I think of when I think Japanese forest, Japanese suicide forest. He's not the same guy that I think of. But one of the problems is that it could be that He's actually just as slimy and nefarious, but because he did the whole apology thing and reformed his character, it kind of made him a little bit more effective, I think, at scamming people. Because this isn't his first time around, believe it or not. So obviously, as we said, Logan Paul, pretty big name, over 23 million YouTube subscribers. And interesting side note, did you know he was Forbes magazine's highest earning YouTuber on three separate years? Really? PewDiePie or Mr. Beast? Those are the kind of YouTubers I think are the... Well, they've probably had a few, but <clears throat> he's had it on three separate occasions. I see. Which kind of says like how fucking rich Logan Paul really yeah, must be. Yeah, So, yeah, but before before we go on too much, I thought I'd just... It's worth mentioning that Logan actually already did have a scam crypto before he did CryptoZoo, which was a crypto coin that he called Inkdoink. Okay, I've never Dink heard Dink. of this. Okay. He moved... I can't remember where he moved. I think it was like to another country, it's like Costa Rica or something I want to say, but he moved to another country because there was like crypto laws that kind of helped him out with launching this coin. And it was an absolute fucking farce. You know, in true Logan Paul fashion, it didn't work out and he abandoned it pretty quick. Which kind of makes the unveiling of the crypto zoo scandal so much worse because this is a person who's done this before, has failed, dropped out, got his money, and he went straight back in. He wanted to be involved again in taking people's money rather than just quietly disappearing, which is, I'll be honest, if I was in this situation, that's what I'd have done. I think if I'd have got away with kind of pulling off the things he's pulled off, I would have disappeared into obscurity a little bit. He's still big. He's still a massive deal. And that's been very much against him because CoffeeZilla, you know, you're on his radar because you're a well-known YouTuber and you're a scammer. And as before he said, CoffeeZilla is a fucking beast. The guy is relentless. The research that he puts in and the investigations that he does on people are so meticulous that, yeah, Logan's just been a... He's been, he's been caught dead to rights. He does such a great job of explaining a lot of complex things as well. Not necessarily in this video. There are some elements of, you know, wallets and crypto. If you're not yeah, too yeah. in that world, he explains it really well. But in a lot of his videos, he's very, very good at kind of making that sort of complex stuff quite simple and oh, easy to digest. He's helped me understand it. And honestly, I've been following stories to do with it for a long time and I've still never really grasped it. But then Coffee's Little does a great job of kind of explaining that. But yeah, so basically as it was exposed as a scam in this three-part documentary, it was absolutely fucking amazing. Really good stuff. Logan gave a response. It was a video response. And essentially, if I was to boil it down, he kind of lashed out at CoffeeZilla saying that Coffee was just- Did he say, it. how dare you? <laughs> yeah, how dare you? No, so basically he did it. He made this video and to boil it down, essentially said, you're doing this for the clout. You've not got any leg to stand on. You're doing this for the clout. You're only doing this because I'm a famous YouTuber and you want the spotlight. Yada, 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 all that kind of stuff, which nobody was buying. In fairness, CoffeeZilla, uh, Stephen, the yeah. journalist, he, he actually probably cuts Logan more slack than any of the others in there. So, so, so the other parties involved, you've got Logan's manager, Jeff, who he was in contact with because he tried to get through to Logan and couldn't. Yeah. And was also involved in CryptoZoo. You've got this strange 
fraudster Eddie Ibanez. So he's yeah. the one who basically lied about... Was, did he lie about being an orphan? He lied about working with the NFL. Yeah. He lied about going to MIT. He yeah. lied about working with the FBI or CIA, whatever. He's basically got his whole career... You know, like, you just say you could just make anything up on your CV. Like, he's that guy no, like, but, who conned his way to the top. But you see, the problem is that no one really looked into him and did the research because all he had to do was... So with Eddie Ivan, all you have to do is sell a lie to like one or two people who are prominent in their fields and then they perpetuated the lie. So whenever he asked them, who is this guy? They kind of just fed this information back that he'd given them without anybody doing myth. any research. He built his own myth and people bought into the mythos and the mythology. And it took Stephen from Coffeezilla to look into it. It didn't take him that long. He, no, he literally no. just approached the team and said, did he ever work with you? And they said, no. Yeah. And then the other person is someone apparently fairly known in the crypto world, crypto known as King. Crypto King. Yeah, uh, Jake, baby. I think his yeah, name is. So Jake's an interesting one. He started messing around with crypto. I don't know if you know. Did you know he was involved in trading cards for a while? Okay, yeah. They mentioned in the documentary the Pokemon cards and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, so the guy is a well-known scam. He basically, I can't remember who whose stream it was. He went on and he had this unopened box that he bought from this seller and they was like, they opened it live on the stream and straight away from the top layer of cards, they was like, this has been tampered with. And this is a guy whose reputation was like the trading card guy. Like he was the man. Oh, wow. If you're going to buy cards, sell cards, evaluate cards, he was your guy. And he fucked it so hard that he kind of just dropped the whole shtick and then wow. went over. Which if you look into that and you think, well, this guy now does in crypto, I wouldn't touch him. I would not go near him. I wouldn't take any advice. But again, this is the thing. Logan Paul took him on to the project. That's the thing. And then there was another developer who allegedly stole a load of code and held it ransom. Held it ransom for a million dollars. And, you know, he says he wasn't paid. But then there's like allegations that he's like felon anyway. It kind of all just boiled down to the fact that, yes, what Logan Paul did was wrong. But really, his biggest crimes were hiring a bunch of incompetent scammers well this is the thing most critical on youtube his name's charlie charlie said he was like i don't understand the shock with logan paul because it's like you've brought together the fucking suicide squad but now you don't understand how illegal things are happening it's yeah like, you know it is kind of on him there's know? kind of a beautiful irony in it how they all end up trying to scam each other and it's like but ultimately i think the worst thing logan did or has done or you know until this video is he didn't speak to any of the victims he kind of just dropped it there was no statement there was no apology there was no i think they have their own discord channel there was no message in that there was nothing apart from radio silence after he got scammed by his other people they would end up scamming each other now since this video has come out logan's completely flipped the script originally he was saying mm -hmm. you know Stephen from coffeezilla is my biggest adversary i'm going to sue him i'm you know come with legal action blah 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 He's now come out, probably after some prompt messages from his lawyers and his uh, PR team, Absolutely. saying, no, dude, apologize, get your shit together. The accusations against you aren't as bad as everyone else. Take that as a win, swallow your pride. And I have to admit, the apology, which probably written by his PR team, is good. It does the right things. It ticks, it, it, it ticks all the boxes. Yeah. That's exactly right. But I, I chalk that as a huge win for CoffeeZilla because he's... You know, apparently now they're working on CryptoZoo again, which for these victims, probably a lot of them are okay with that. I think that's, if you're into that's what they wanted, that's what they put their money into. So hopefully it goes well for all of those people. Yeah, I think it's, hopefully it does work for all the people that have already invested money. But if you haven't already invested money, I think you'd have to be fucking insane to jump on the bandwagon at this point, lunacy. So yeah, that, that kind of covers the whole 
the whole Logan Zilla situation, which is it's, it's kind of still ongoing. That there can be new information that comes out, but as it stands, it's looking like you know it's looking like Coffeezilla's just really blown up. He's being promoted left, right, and center by a lot of big YouTubers. Moist Critical swears by him and promotes his stuff on stream all the time. So yeah, he has built a name for himself and a brand. And if you haven't heard of Coffeezilla absolutely go check that guy out for the last of our main stories before we move on to all the fun memey stuff it's actually quite a sad one for me personally because i'm a big fan of the guy and we spoke about unconscious bias and stuff before and i gotta admit i feel like when i first saw this i kind of instantly wanted to call bullshit but i just couldn't because there's stuff mounting up as we speak and obviously that story is andrew callahan of all gas no breaks fame now currently known as channel 5 news andrew callahan has had some allegations made against him a tiktok user come forward and basically said that he was really handsy really forceful you know borderline abusive and that the guy is just an all-round certified creep. You could kind of see that and go, well, that's just one person. But then as she released a statement, loads of other girls come forward. And I mean, it's really damning stuff. Since 2016, 17, when the Me Too movement really started happening, I think it it helped a lot of us kind of look in at ourselves because your gut reaction to this is, you know, oh, but I love that person. That can't yeah. be true. When actually, no, you need to listen to women, listen to victims. Absolutely. And you just need to accept that the people that we see and the people that we're fans of aren't real. It's one side of it. The same can be said for your friends, by the way, and your family. You, you only see one side of them that they want you to see. You don't, it's hard to truly know someone. Maybe your, you know, significant other, your husband, your wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. That's probably the person you end up knowing the most because that's the person you spend most time with. But, you know, it's tough. And I think these moments kind of highlight the power of parasocial relationships that have been really building up the last decade. Social media has obviously been the big incubator for that nightmarish fuel. But it's, it's important to just take stock and just make sure we listen to victims. There's a reason it's so hard for them to come forward and they're so brave for doing so. It's because... Yeah of the you know the harassment that they then get just for saying that the, their truth and oh, you know what happened yeah in today's landscape like more than ever because you said people have mega fans now and yeah. you know people don't like accepting reality when it paints the person they love so much in a negative light and whilst i, I didn't defend andrew callahan as tommy said i did have to look introspectively because i'm a massive fan of his i've been really excited to see his new documentary that's come out about the january 6th insurrection and this is all kind of just really like deflating stuff if i'm being honest because when i heard it my instinct was to go, whoa, 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 let's hear the details. But his lack of statement towards it, which by the way, his statement should be dropping over the next 48 hours. <laughs> so obviously kind of the thing that cemented it for me was I spoke to Tommy about it and I was like, you know, geez, I don't really want to, I don't know if we should run this story because we don't know if it's proven. And, you know, Tommy said exactly that. He's like, you know, I know you're a fan of the guy, but you got to look in yourself and kind of think what is the situation and the fact that he didn't give a statement and it's taken him this long did make me go mm, okay and for people who are fans of hrh3 ethan klein he's a good friend of andrew callahan's and he came forward and said he spoke to him and andrew callahan confirmed he does know these women and that stuff did happen around about the same time frame and you got to bear in mind you got to take it for what it is ethan klein is one of andrew's friends and even he is saying, I believe the victims completely. Andrew's yeah. kind of confirmed it. And Andrew said that he's going to have a statement in the next few days. Yeah. But it's arguably like the height of his career. So, I mean, you know, is it like the tippy top of what he can achieve at the moment? And all of a sudden, the past is coming up to bite him in the ass. And, you know, pff, rightfully so. Because you hear what he did to these girls. And, you know, it's horrible. You, you can hear it in their voice. You know, you can see it in their face. And 
this is someone who on camera is all smiles and laughs and he says the funny lines and you know he says the funny questions and all of us get to rejoice at how he makes like you know like trump supporters who are crazy look like the nuts and it's easy to fall in love with a guy's work it really is but you know it's exactly as you said you know the person we saw on the screen is not the real andrew callahan that is the reporter kind of like character that he's had to make up for it we just follow stories and we enjoy a little bit of drama and stuff but we can all agree what andrew callahan did isn't just drama it's you know straight up sexual assault yeah it's, it's illegal it's, it's criminal yeah. so you know by all means i look forward to hearing his statement it seems like he's kind of you know he's going to lean into it and not you know try and say it didn't happen but i suppose the main thing to take away from this is don't put your eggs in one basket people on the internet are still just people and don't invest so heavily in someone that when they do something abhorrent like that that you're going to defend them but, you know because it's a slippery slope to go down but we are looking onward so tommy yes. are you ready for the first segment that isn't us covering the news okay yeah i'm ready Right, so this is a segment called Still Learning, right? So what we're doing here is I'm going to show Tommy something, or I'm going to tell Tommy something, and he is going to try and figure out what that thing is just purely from the name of it. Right, so, so this is like a meme or like a trend or like yeah, a... Yeah, so, so this, like a... this one specifically to help you out is a trend. Okay, so like, I'm trying to give an example. This is going to really show my, like, oh... I don't know, like a dance trend or something where everyone's like doing a dance. Kind of, yeah, kind of. But this is a trend that I'm was... Trying to think, like, what was that? The Harlem Shake, like that was a trend. Yeah, okay. So imagine, so this is a trend, but more for people that don't like moving too much. So before I ruin it, because I'm coming like really close to kind of just like telling you what it is accidentally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting really excited about it because it's like really enjoyed. So... When I say to you, so you know subreddits, you know Reddit, yes, Reddit yes, yeah, yeah. When you have a subreddit, it's got an r slash. R slash, yeah. So I'm going to say r slash place. What do you think that is? Oh, literally r slash place, or r/place. like is place like a placeholder for like? If no. you said r slash London, no, r slash place. P l a c e. So what do you think that is? Mm. It's pretty vague if you don't. Okay, know so what I, it is. I think it's, and you said it's a trend. So my initial thought before you spelt it was that it was something to do with the fish place. Cause I, know, <laughs> I know the internet like to do like funny play, playing with words kind of things. Yeah. And like you think it's a place, That's but it's fair. just like, it's like a trend of like you bring, I don't know, a fish, yeah. a place fish somewhere. Yeah. That's fair. The internet's done weirder things. Or yeah. you shine a torch on it and then you go somewhere and say, this place is lit. Oh. Something like that. <laughs> Dude, I should write the internet. Do they need writers? I think maybe they do. That would go viral, right? I think, I think you're the guy for the job. No, right. Sorry. Let me give you a real answer. So, such place. I'll give you. So I'll give you little hints to help you along. Okay. So it was more of an experiment than it was a trend. Oh, okay. I think r slash place is where people change their Zoom backgrounds particularly during COVID to pretend that they're somewhere better than they're not. And people would then catch them out in like comments saying, oh, r slash place, because you're not really in that place. That's my guess. Okay. So if anybody's got any contact details for the internet and how we get a new writer on the team, I think you should definitely apply. Yeah. Because that's fantastic. Thank you. But it could not be further from the fucking truth, you moron. <laughs> so... 
<laughs> you ready for me to explain what r slash place is? Because Please it, do. It's such a vague name, honestly. So this was actually an experiment run by Reddit for April Fool's Day. The first one took place in 2017. So what this was a really cool... I think it was a really cool idea. Other people may disagree, but fuck what they think. So basically, it was a huge blank canvas, yeah? Where users could place one pixel of colour. Like the million dollar website? Literally like the million dollar website, yeah. So here's the thing. Everyone could place a colour. You could place a colour every few minutes. So it was like between 5 and 15 as the project went on. So it changed like the time intervals between you placing the colours. The 2017 one was really sweet but because it was new people come out the gate and when they unleashed it and everyone could interact with it people just kind of went fucking nuts and like everyone didn't really know what was going on everyone just kind of went crazy and was like oh, grab a corner and the things i liked about it is that it turned into this weird it was a social experiment because you had like people like the blue corner was a really popular one right they just went to the top corner and started making everything blue <laughs> and that was it like and then it started spreading out and then they started turning like tribal and I was like, we should take over that subreddit's patch. And then before you knew it, you had these like kind of subreddits going to war with each other. Oh my God. Like, you know, kind of like timing attacks and getting things going. But by the time the experiment comes to fruition and ended, I think people was just getting into the swing of it. But then it was over. But then April 1st, 2022, they did it again. And it lasted for four days. And this one was absolutely fucking insane. So people were coordinated as fuck. So straight right, out, they've straight learned out lessons the now. They know, yeah, the they know what's people up. People was going straight for it, and honestly, it's such a good experiment because it was all of these communities coming together or going against each other, and it was like actual warfare. So <laughs> it, it turned to a point where like there was just so many people. So by the third of April, seventy-two million pixels were placed by over six what? by over six million users at a pace of 2.5 million pixels placed per hour. And there was a six-fold increase in the number of users on Reddit between the two experiments, including a 4.5-fold increase in pixels being placed. So if you look up the final image of r slash place 2022, is a fucking masterpiece. And what I mean by that is you had people literally recreating the Mona Lisa. Wow. There, there was and the Starry Night. There was classic art pieces in there. Countries came into the battle and started claiming their own territories for countries. And before you saw, you saw nationalities and flags going up. And then you saw more niche things like fans of certain subreddits and anime shows. Then you had the drama of streamers coming in. And streamers were coordinating attacks to block out <clears throat> certain parts of the canvas. And people were literally waging war against each other. And the coordination it took to do this was insane. You had people designing templates, telling you what colors you need to do. And the exact people mapped out the canvas with a grid. So they was like, here's the picture we're going to make. Pick a color, pick a job, let's go. And wow. so it'd be like, you'd be sitting there and nothing would be happening. Then over the course of like five, 10 minutes, you would just see actual fucking artwork developing just out of nowhere. And it was all just communities that came together to do it. So are people working on it for 2023? Are they like planning their... Well, this is the... Are they in the war room now? Well, like, <laughs> There's no way to know when it's coming because obviously it was 2017... And in 2022, so it's five years between them, which I think is why people were so ready this time. But, you know, as you know, I'm, I'm an absolute sucker for, like, people that go weird when they're in a crowd. You know, like, in the crowd mentality, when you get enough people together, they just go nuts. Yeah. And that's what I like, because there was cults forming. 
there was like the cult of the void and they just wanted to black everything out so like they started like blacking things <laughs> out the and void. they started making like really obscene like gory looking pictures out of pixels and then you had the green lattice group which just made a matrixy looking pattern throughout the whole thing you had team rainbow road who literally covered the entire map went around the outline of every single design of a rainbow wow and that's the thing is like the people were so into it like there was people staying on reddit like for days like and i'll be honest i was one of them at one point i just couldn't pull myself oh away my god because and here's the scary line here's the bit you're gonna love because you feel like some you feel like you're a part of something bigger than yourself <laughs> isn't that a dangerous fucking mindset and that's wow. the thing is because you even find yourself joining subreddits just for the duration of our place really? because you want to be a part of it and then when it's over you walk away, you back out of that subreddit, you never speak to those people again, but you just want it to be a part of their project. That's incredible. And it brought, like, you know, I'm not going to say cheese, it brought the internet together, but, you know, with Reddit, to see that Yeah, kind in of, warfare, well, in yeah, open warfare, combat. Yeah, I was going to say, it's <laughs> nice to see the coordination, but it's coordinated efforts to shit on other people. Yeah. So, you know, it was, uh, you know, at the end, it's, it's still fucking Reddit, Tom. It's still Reddit. So, you know. <laughs> what kind of statement is that? Yes, it's lovely to see Russia and Ukraine really coming together. <laughs> In war! <laughs> in proximity! <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> dude! What more do you want? Yeah, so I mean, so that's what our place is. And obviously, after the podcast, and to everyone listening at home, look up our place 2022 final image. And when you see the image, that's when it really clicks as to how fucking impressive it was. Wow. You can say to it, saying it and talking about it's one thing, but then seeing just how good people were. And, you know, you also kind of find out, like, a lot of the places people hate. So, like, Canada was getting dicked on a lot. People kept changing the Canada flag to, like, a banana instead of a maple leaf. You kept changing the word Canada to, like, banana. <laughs> what? And it's like, because collectively, it's the thing about like, the hive mind mindset that I find so interesting. People just just picked a country and was like, fuck you. And everyone just <laughs> oh kind of went in on them. Germany had a great flag. Why, poor and, Canada. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah, poor Canada. But I think that was the joke. Right. Yeah, everyone was yeah. like, who should we go for? Go for Canada. They would defend themselves. Oh, bless them. Yeah. But the experiment was a fight. It was a hoot and a holler. And it was a huge success. And I can't wait for the next one. But if it's anything like the last one, we're going to be waiting until 2027 for that. But wow. I'll, I'll make sure to give you a heads up when it comes around. Because it's really worth getting involved in. Even if you just watch. Yeah. Even if you just watch. Uh, you know? Yeah, let me know. I mean, uh, one thing I should say while you mentioned like kind of the visual elements here is everything we talk about will be in the show notes if you want to see it for yourself. And another way to actually consume the podcast is alongside this, we'll be releasing a, a newsletter. So you can kind of catch up with every episode directly to your inbox as well as being in your podcast player of choice. But also we'll include these visual elements within that newsletter so you can kind of see everything there as well. So if you just go to thememingof.life, you'll be able to subscribe and to see all that fun stuff. Yep. plug there yeah no plug away plug away before you say it yes that is our domain and yes we are aware of how sweet that is and you can absolutely message us about how sweet that is if you and it's also, encouraged yeah and also complete the original artwork you know when you do go to the meaning of meaning of dot life when you go there the artwork was made by tommy because the guy's a genius yeah so head on over there we're going to plug away because it's our podcast we can plug whatever we want it's true. I'll, see, I'll plug myself for the next 20 minutes. I don't give a shit, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that's our place. Fantastic. Lovely stuff. Look into it. I love I it. Suggest it. Yeah. Honestly, it's such a good... And that's it is... I couldn't think of what the website was called it was based on. It was the advertising. The Million Dollar Homepage is what it's called, yeah. And that alone. 
that was fucking that genius, was genius idea. Well, the guy who made it, he went on to make. Or I don't know if he made it or he now works there in a higher position. I've got a feeling he made it or was an early investor or something. But you know, Calm, the meditation app. Yeah, yeah, I use it's like it. Mass, massive company. It's like a billion dollar company. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's huge, the same yeah. guy. Really? Yeah, he's an English guy, I think. Some people's brains are just different, right? Yeah, yeah, for and sure. Talking about some people's brains are just a little bit different. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so that takes us on to our next little thing that we like to call meme or dream. Yeah, we, the uh, the name of this segment came before the segment, so we kind of shoehorn the segment into the name of it because it rhymes. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to pretend that we came up with that brilliant name for this segment that we had and we really wanted to do. No, <laughs> no. me or Dream came first. I mean, I find that totally acceptable because it's a pretty sweet name, so you're actually not wrong there at all. Yeah, so the idea of this is that I'm going to read something out, like a name or something, and then Tommy's going to have the near impossible job of figuring out whether it's actually a real thing or whether I've just made it up. So whether it's a real meme... Yeah, or I'm something a... you dream, but up. Or I'm a. <laughs> huh? Honestly, someone get this guy a job, Brian. Similar to still learning, I guess it's just something that's like maybe less to talk about, but it could be completely fake. Which, to be fair, our plays could be completely fake. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, that's why I said look it up after the show. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds yeah totally plausible. I mean, the million. I knew about the million dollar home page and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm really interested with this one. I'm interested to see whether. Yeah, I don't know where you're going to go with it. So, <laughs> okay, so. Bean chilling. Say again? Bean chilling. Bean chilling. Bean chilling. Bean chilling. B-I-N-G-C-H-I-L-L-I-N-G. Bean chilling. Bean chilling. Bean chilling. What? Bean chilling. Yeah, when you say it like that, it sounds even more ridiculous. Bean chilling. Am I pronouncing it wrong? You pretty know you pronounce it right, but like I don't know why it sounds different out of your mouth than mine. And it's, I find it really hard to not like bean chilling. That's why I said, is that a meme or a thing, or am I absolutely trying to throw you off right now? It's it's one of those things where it's so left field, but I don't know if that logic can even possibly apply here because we're talking about the shared collective like internet, which is. You know, Stop billion that, people. No, it's probably more than that, right? How many people are on the internet? A few billion? Well, a few bill? A few well, billy? I don't know, man. I'm, you know, there's that old saying where it's just you and millions of other bots. Whoa. Maybe it's just you on the internet. Damn, dude. And me, I'm there. <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. It's just, it's, just, it's just you and me at war with each other. <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. Well, you know, I'm there to soak up all the weird stuff. I like that shit, you know. I think that's my place. It's like a comfort blanket. Yeah, it's, it's a hellscape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a hellscape. Right. Yeah. So, bingling. So, bingling. <laughs> the way you say it, just, that's way. That's way it should be. In my mind, like it should be that. So the first thing that comes to mind is obviously the browse. No, the search engine Bing. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Okay, so it's okay. unrelated to that. It's a bingling. So I'm chilling with my bings. Okay, I've got an idea of what this could be. Okay, I think it is a meme. You think it is a meme? I think it's a meme because yeah. I think a lot of people, right, so follow my logic here. Again, I don't know how much logic I can apply to this because nope. it might be, I might be making this more difficult for myself. Apply all the logic. Let's hear it. Okay. So, you know, the Netflix and chill kind of yeah. thing like, yeah. and how Friends is like one of the most rewatched shows on Netflix. Where the fuck is this going? And Chandler Bing is one of the most popular characters on the show and I can see like a meme around like, oh yeah, let's do some like, like bing chilling. Okay. Okay. So like, like it's basically come around and watch 
and just stick Friends on Netflix. Yeah. But it's like, you know, everyone's seen it a million times and no one really watches it anymore. So you're just like that. And maybe you only just like quote some channel lines or Bing Chilling. You, like, there are, there's a PR team out there somewhere going fucking nuts right now. Like, Why the <laughs> fuck didn't we think of that? Why do we pay these people? It's not that. Okay. That was amazing though. Is it a meme though? It is a meme. Okay, so, yeah. So on the first ever meme or dream, let it be known that Tommy has a point. I get half a point because it's a meme, but I've got the wrong meme. I'll be willing to give you... Oh, we're not going to keep score. I was going to say, no, we're not going to keep score. I'm, I'm already you, exhausted from scorekeeping. I'm going to give you 126 points right now. Okay, I'll take so all I'm of a, them. I'm a merciful meme god. So, being chilling. So, <laughs> so, this is my segment. Like, fuck. Okay, so what's being chilling? Okay, I hear you ask. Are you sitting there going, what the fuck is that? Being chilling is a Mandarin translation of ice cream. Right? Wow. And it isn't just the translation that's famous. It's who said it. And why did they say it? Do you know who said Bing Chilling? He said a lot of things, actually. And he did it in, like, he did it really well. But Bing Chilling got picked out because obviously it sounds hilarious. Let's call it what it is. Especially the way you said it, Bing Chilling. So it was actually said by John Cena. What? Of all the people, yeah. So this took place, fuck it, this took place in 2021. So this is, wow, it's 2023 okay. now, so that's two years old. Wow. Yeah, so this isn't a new meme, but this is one of the, I won't say it's really obscure, but it wasn't in the main circulation, I don't think. I don't think, but, you know, I live in the recesses, so I don't really, I actually can't these memes before they were cool, so I don't <laughs> really know. I don't really know. Yeah, so in case you wasn't aware, in an interview for Fast and Furious 9, I believe, that John Cena was in, he made a inappropriate comment, which led to him kind of accidentally, against the CCP's wishes, he kind of said Taiwan was a country. Okay. Which China doesn't like. Anybody at home... China doesn't think Taiwan's a country. John Cena actually earns a lot of money in China, which uh, I didn't know. John Cena's fucking huge in China. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't know why he's huge. It could just be like they're really big on the Fast and Furious films. Part of me feels like it's because like you know he's like a monolith of a man. He's like, yeah, he's like fucking Captain America in real life. So I thought it was that. So basically, he had to release a statement apologizing. Well, he didn't have to. He chose to, which upset a lot of his fans because he apologized right. to the CCP and basically was like, yeah. I'm sorry I said they was real. Yeah. So, yeah. Sounds like he's been being shilling. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Write that down. <laughs> Write that down. Write that down. That was really good. That was really good. Fuck, you throw me off. That was, <laughs> sorry. That's... That was really good. Yeah, so basically he had to release a video saying sorry and I didn't know John Cena's Mandarin is fucking on point really amazing like, i've watched a lot of his videos like looking up for this segment fucking flawless even like those chinese people sound like it's crazy how good it is yeah so he released the video apologizing and then a week later he releases the infamous being chilling video so what he does is for some reason or another he's obviously sitting in the back of a car the chauffeur driven because you can tell it's a nice car and he's holding an ice cream cone and uh, in perfect mandarin he starts kind of promoting fast and furious nine Talking about how much he loves ice cream, which I don't know if there's a meme within a meme, if he's done some memeception, and I don't know what the fuck the ice cream means, but he just had an ice cream on him. Gives the whole, like, the whole spiel. I'm not going to quote it because it would be racist if I did it, but I just want to point out now, loads of people are quoting it. 
like well there was quoting it two years ago but the thing that i found crazy about it is that people was actually having to learn a sizable amount of mandarin to quote a meme wow which kind of to me feels like maybe it's a ccp chinese deep state funded kind of meme but that's for next episode so i'm not going to go into that now i wondered why you brought that tinfoil hat ah come on now my hair gets frizzy yeah so basically he did this whole thing where he's like apologizing to the Chinese people and then he did this thing where he's like promoting his film he starts singing into the ice cream cone at one point about how much Ooh. he loves ice cream wow it's horrible to watch it's horrible to watch but then we had the meme and basically people just took that meme and fucking ran with it because his popularity amongst a lot of internet dwellers was kind of shit low at this point so people was like hey do you know we haven't made a fun of uh, we haven't made fun of that guy who holds the record for the most Make-A-Wish Foundation appearances, so let's fucking go in on him, because the internet loves that kind of stuff. Um, Is that a record he holds? Yeah. That's great. He's got like one of the most appearances for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. He's all around a lovely guy. Like It's, it's perfectly plausible that maybe he went back on the China thing, because he just really didn't actually want to upset anyone. But you can't win in that situation, I think we can agree. You're going to upset one country or the other. But yeah, so Bing Chilling is a meme and it means ice cream in Mandarin. Wow. And if you type in Bing Chilling, you will find a myriad of ice cream based memes. Usually it's the ones where people do the, do you want ice cream? No. And then they quote the video, like <laughs> rapidly screaming Mandarin and the other person just yams it. It's a crazy meme, but the, wow. internet, the internet's filled with crazy fucking people, Tom. I don't have to tell you. I mean, we're here. You might be on the writing team soon. So, so, I mean, you know, get used to it. But yeah, so that was the first ever meme or dream. And the meme that wasn't a dream was being chilling. Wow. It will be memorialized forever. Oh, it's actually already kind of been forgotten. It's been two years. <laughs> but I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. But, I mean, one thing we can learn from the internet, and I'm sure this will come up regularly with every episode we do of this, is that everything on the internet is permanent. <laughs> absolutely the delete doesn't exist it doesn't really exist that's the thing it's all permanent and do you know what else stays forever is the horrible fucking comments that people would just say to you on the internet as well like there was a few with john cena i remember when this all came out and like i'm paraphrasing but one of the comments that got me was like uh, it was like who would have thought like john cena would do something like this turns out the only thing we can't see anymore is his moles <laughs> and you're just like fucking you imagine john cena reading that and just being like Damn. Uh, yeah, it's like just crushing his phone and his mouth. How dare you? Yeah, crushing his phone and his all American hands. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, fucking crazy shit on the internet. Crazy shit. That's why we're here, right? This is why we love it so very much. So before we wrap things up for episode one, it's time for us to recommend something from around the internet to our listeners. Oh, what a lovely idea. <laughs> there's a catch. There's of course, always, there's a catch. There's, there's always, always a catch. There's always a catch. There is always a catch. So we can only share something that we've seen this past week that was thrown at us by an algorithm of some kind. So it could be targeted on social media. It could be a banner ad somewhere. Maybe YouTube suggested something you might like. Anything like that. God, this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna throw up some. This is gonna tell us a lot about each other based on like what algorithms are suggesting for us. As you said that. I immediately regretted my choice. Do you want to go first? I'll go last if that's okay, because uh, mine, mine's quite nice. So I think mine's a nice way to end things. I, I, I kind of hate that you've done this. Okay, so <laughs> I actually, I don't know anything about this product. I did a brief- Okay, so it's a product, okay. Yeah, so I, I literally Googled, looked at like the synopsis, and I was like, right, okay. <laughs> oh God, I feel like whatever yours is, it's going to make mine so much better, because uh, mine is actually really sweet. I hate this so much. <laughs> So I've got the screenshot in front of me. As you can see, I was watching a Moist Critical video. Okay. So if anything, I'm actually going to blame Moist Critical. Sure. Because the, the algorithm doesn't work that way. But imagine, it imagine if it It's did. everything else that you do. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I got this little meme that came up. It's a, got the alpha chad from the, uh, the memes you see around the internet. You know, the blonde guy with come over here and the beard. Right, yeah, I do know it's that. Got, yeah, it's got a normie saying, I don't need replica. And an alpha chad says, are you sure? And alpha chad leans in and says, but you can role play and get NSW pictures from her. What is what? replica? <laughs> replica is an AI chatbot for lonely people. <laughs> Oh, dude. <laughs> so that's an ad for that. Yeah. The internet thinks I need an AI to talk to and possibly get news from. Oh, dude. I've never felt so shit about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking... I, brought, I literally brought it here. I've had it next to me the whole time we've been recording this. It's when I brought up this topic, I kind of looked down and thought... Yeah, I did actually Google that before I left the house. And I was really mortified. I was like, I've got to find something else, but I was already on my way. So, oh, no. So, yeah, the algorithm thinks that I need somebody to talk to. I don't know how an AI bot can send you NSFW pictures. Is uh, it of real people? AI art, maybe? How many feet? You have to go through it. This is for science now. You'll have to go through <laughs> maybe it. Maybe I will message, bro. Yeah, just, yeah, so... Um, and sit, and then just count the fingers. So... Yeah, that's what the this fuck it that's bummed me out. That's what the algorithm <laughs> thinks of me. I I spend a lot of my time making fun of the exact kind of people that would use that service, and I'm starting to realise that maybe like maybe I'm just projecting. Maybe. Well, yeah. An AI bot that <laughs> I can role play with. That's the one that got me. Not just talk to. I can role play. And not the fun kind of dice. No, yeah, not done. Yeah, not that fun kind. It's, it's the really well, it's, sad kind. It's fun for some people. See, I literally, I can't believe this happened to me. I've, I hate the algorithm. So, mine <sighs> is a different vein. God, I bet yours is so fucking normal. It's quite lovely, actually. So, this was a Twitter thread that I saw. So, it's not from someone I follow. It was just kicked at me on Twitter, I guess. Maybe a lot of people I follow saw it and liked it and stuff, but it's actually really lovely. So I'm going to take a little bit of time to read through it now, but I think it's really important everyone hears about it and knows about it because it's not actually something I did know about. So this is from Patrick Campbell. And it's uh, this was from a few days ago now, January 11th. So three days ago as of recording this. So 10 years ago today, Aaron SW, which is Aaron Swartz, took his own life after overly aggressive prosecution. He invented internet infrastructure. He defeated the greatest threat the internet had ever seen. And you probably don't know who he is. You should. So here's the story. So then it's a nice little Twitter thread here. So let's zoom in slightly so I can see that. Aaron led a life that makes you insecure for binging HBO and YouTube shorts. At 14, he helped invent RSS. So if you know RSS feeds, in yeah. fact, if you're listening to this podcast, it's thanks to RSS feeds. Yeah. He dropped out of Stanford. He joined Paul G's first Y Combinator class. Paul G is like a famous, he helps a lot of startups and stuff like that in Silicon Valley. Okay. Um, he was on the early team at Reddit and those aren't even his big accolades. Yeah. We'll get to those. So Aaron believed in the open internet. So I thought this was a really relevant one for this podcast, which is all Huge about it. the internet. Huge so thing. Patrick isn't Patrick. So these are like quotes of like, Patrick, isn't the internet always open? No. Some people out there want more corporate control, tighter government regulations, and a lot more censorship. Aaron was extreme in the other direction. Aaron believed research and public records should be free. Here's the preamble to his open access manifesto. You probably don't realize that 98% of scientific research is behind a paywall and around 80% of legal records too. Yep. But Patrick, why would that be a problem? Let me explain. And then there's like a, an image to the manifesto. I won't read through that, but yeah. obviously link in the show notes and on the website. The guy was pretty fucking turned on. So you, yeah. can, you can have faith that that's really fucking good shit. So imagine you're a scientist key to unlocking an energy breakthrough. 
you're a smarty. But you need to read a bunch of research. Well, that research costs $40 per paper. You probably can't afford that, so no free energy. Here's an even worse scenario. Imagine you're poor and you get arrested. Did you know that accessing court records for your case costs money? They're in the public record, they're owned by the taxpayers, but you have to pay for them. Guess you just go to jail. And that's where Aaron dug in. After cashing out from Reddit sale, Aaron set his sights on Pacer. Pacer is a big old database of US records, court records, sorry. It's not supposed to make money, but somehow <laughs> makes $100 million per year. Thankfully, Aaron and a group of hacktivists found a loophole in the system. Pacer was free to access at 17 libraries in the US. All the group needed to do was write a handy Perl script on a thumb drive and plug it in. They downloaded 2.7 million documents Jesus and set them free. Wow. When Sacramento Library racked up $1.5 million in charges, <laughs> the FBI got involved. What a legend. Thankfully, since access was free and no one was profiting, no felony occurred. Based. Victimless crime. Yep. So Pacer still charges, but a lot of pressure and orgs like Free Law Project lead to much cheaper access. This was just Aaron's warm-up, though. Next came the biggest war in the history of the internet. And no, I'm not talking about r slash place. <laughs> Doesn't say that, that was just me. In 2012, Congress put forward a bill to combat privacy, the SOPA PIPA thing. I don't know if you remember that. That was mm -hmm. a huge deal at the time. The bill appeared to be a Trojan horse for the government to take down any website without warning. Yep. All for quote-unquote, copyright protection. Certain companies loved this, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, open internet advocates went to war. In a truly amazing response, Aaron and crew organized hundreds of websites to go completely dark for a day. So you couldn't access Wikipedia, Reddit, Craigslist, even Google blackened out their homepage. And thankfully, we won. But then came the fight that ended Aaron's life. Aaron set his sights on releasing the largest academic database out there, JSTOR. Jester? I don't know. JSTOR. That's what I'd say, mm. yeah. He created a script for mass downloading. I guess someone's already with the Pacer thing. Yeah, yeah. He created a script for mass downloading and hid it on a computer in an MIT storage closet. He downloaded millions of papers over months. MIT and JSTOR couldn't catch him. Then came the feds. As always. MIT and JSTOR obviously didn't intend for open campus access to be used this way. But MIT has a hacker culture and acts of rebellion are commonplace. Aaron got caught though. US prosecutors took a liking to the case and pushed forward with prosecution. Aaron was charged with 13 felonies, carrying up to 50 years in prison. Jesus Christ. JSTOR asked for the charges to be dropped. Mm. MIT asked for the charges to be dropped. But US attorney Carmen Ortiz kept going. Aaron refused plea deals and due to threats of harsh prison time, took his own life. After his death, Ortiz conceded that she didn't have enough to show Aaron acted for personal gain, which was a big piece for the charges, nor evidence to support the harshest penalties. Prosecutors want to win. I guess lack of evidence doesn't stop them doesn't stop empty threats for a plea. So basically, if they just threaten all the worst stuff, they hope he takes a plea and they get a win anyway. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Somehow, Lawrence, excuse me, so a law professor and activist, Lawrence, sums it up best, and he says. Somehow, we need to get beyond the I'm right, so I'm going to nuke you ethic that dominates our time. Absolutely. That begins with one word. Shame. One word and endless tears. Yeah. Aaron wasn't perfect. He wasn't the only person involved in these movements, but I can't hold back all the tears when I think of his death. 
He's the one person I've met who is the complete embodiment of truth and openness. In an era where truth has jumped from that which frees us to a four-letter word to an amorphous concept, we need more of the pursuit of truth, not less. It's not a weapon. It's not a liability. It's not binary. It's progress. And progress shouldn't be closed. Anyway, just remember people like Aaron exist. You don't have to agree with what he did. Just know his ideals are important. We should all try to be more like the best of him. And, wow. and then he leaves us with a poem. Wow. Jesus Christ. And you gave us an AI dating yeah, site. It feels like I turn, <laughs> yeah, it feels like I turned up to the science fair with a fucking bicarb soda volcano. <laughs> like, I was just like, yeah, the algorithm thinks I'm a fucking weirdo. And you just gave us that, man. I just like, thought it was really good. Like, I wanted to share something that people might like. I mean, the people might like your dating app. I don't know. It, it says, a, it's, okay, it's a fucking conversational AI. Don't talk about it that way. <laughs> she is not a fucking dating app, okay? But I think it says a lot about, like, how we browse the internet. Because <laughs> your your algorithm is like very like, hey Tommy, here's a part of internet history. Would you like to know about it? And you're like, yeah, I will. And you read for it. Mine's like, hey loser, <laughs> do you want someone to pretend to talk to you and maybe send you a tit pic? And I'm like, hey man, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't looked into it enough. Like maybe, yeah, maybe I should. I mean, no. Based on everything you just read, I think it's important to say that. Whilst we're sitting here and we, you know, we talk about silly things. It's a meme podcast. We're here for the memes. We love memes. It's important to point out that people like us, people like you listening, all of us, we owe such a debt to these people because yeah. the internet is a sacred place. It's, uh, you know, without going over the top, honest to God, I think the internet is it's like a religion for some people. You live in a country that's, you know, torn apart by war and, you know, you've got food shortages and stuff. Sometimes the only release you've got is the internet. Yeah. And sometimes the only communication you have with the rest of the world is the internet. And, you know, you've got all the silly stuff, like, you know, TikTok trends and all that shit. But at the same time, this is, it's open, free information. And it allows us to live in a time that is just, you know, it almost incomprehensible to think like how much we've achieved and how much stuff we have access to. And, you know, it's easy to forget. Sometimes it comes at a cost of a sacrifice. And, you know, people are about to really fight to get us to where we are now. And that, yeah. Hats off and salute to them. But, well, I think that brings us to the end of episode one. So, usually, this is where podcast hosts would tell their listeners where they can find them online. But I think, unless you know about us online, I think the better it is for everyone. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Mastodon, Counter Social, LinkedIn, True Social, and only for. Oh, we're not doing plugs. No. And how many fucking socials do you have? If you enjoyed this, then please leave us a rating and review on your podcast platform of choice. It helps us out more than you may realize. So, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope it's brought you one step closer to understanding the meaning of life. Thank you all for listening.